Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, executive coach and speaker, and I have a passion for helping people make positive, transformational changes to their businesses and themselves and break through roadblocks to live their best lives. Let's get to it. Today is a very special day for me because it is my first ever Imperfection Wins radio show. As some of you know, I just wrapped up season one of the Imperfection Wins podcast. It was a year of learning for me as I was a total newbie in the podcast world. I went from recording into my phone by myself to using an actual microphone, interviewing guests, and building myself a makeshift recording studio, also known as a fort, in my linen closet. But never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be sitting where I am today. I'm so excited and honored to be recording in a real recording studio with the producer. Shout out to the amazing Benny, who's here with me. Hey, good morning. Good morning. And continuing on my mission to spread a message of encouragement to all of my existing listeners and hopefully some new ones. I really want to take a moment, though, and acknowledge a couple of things. Most of you are, f- you are familiar with the amazing show, Conscious Talk. They have occupied this time slot for a very long time. I, I, Conscious Talk has been an important part of KKNW for 18 years. And recently, they decided to go from five mornings a week to three mornings a week, which created a couple of openings. I enthusiastically and a little nervously took this one for a reason. Mondays can be tough. I wanted to kick off your Monday with some positivity and encouragement. Now, some of you may be on your morning commute. Some of you may be getting ready for work or getting kids off to school. Maybe some of you work from home and are just starting your day. But wherever you are, whatever you are doing, my goal is to provide you with value. So each week, I'll be interviewing entrepreneurs, business experts, psychologists, executive coaches, authors, and more. The conversations will vary from topics like self-care and self-compassion to imposter syndrome and emotional intelligence and leadership. And hopefully, this show might just give you the nudge you need to explore what you really want, what holds you back, and might even give you a few tools on how to move forward. But today, I'm going solo. I want you to get to know me a little. I want to share some personal stories about who I am and how I got here and some of the lessons I've learned along the way. But before we get started, let's take a short break. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling, new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you're building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the greater east side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com. 
for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R, dash build.com for urban restoration. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wind Shows. Let's dive in. Some of you might be wondering why my show is called Imperfection Wins and how I got started. It really happened organically. About a year ago, I had left my corporate job as the head of HR at a local software company to pursue coaching full-time. And coaching is something that I've loved for as long as I can remember. I mean, honestly, nothing brings me more fulfillment than having a really deep conversation with another human and watching them move forward in life. One thing I should clarify, though, as we get to know each other is I don't consider myself a life coach. I really consider myself a business slash career coach, but I actually really believe that the most successful people have both life and work, that those two things blend together and flow together freely. So my coaching tends to wind around both. So anyway, I left my corporate job to jump into coaching, which was one of the most difficult decisions I'd ever made, but I really felt my heart calling me to something else. And one of the first things that happened to me was that I had I was asked to speak at a women's conference. So I should tell all of you that at the time, I did not consider myself a public speaker. I had a pattern of doing anything I could to avoid public speaking Even though people had told me I was good at it and I'd been asked to do it, I usually said no or somehow weaseled my way out of it. I had like a physical reaction to having attention or having um, the spotlight on me. But this time I forced myself to say yes because I actually really did want to be a strong public speaker and I really wanted to overcome the fear. So I said yes. And I wasn't given a lot of direction other than the topic was building your path forward and I had to speak for an hour and it was supposed to be really inspirational. No pressure, right? So as I prepared for this speech, I decided that it would be best for me just to share my own journey through career, through life, through motherhood, and just trying to balance it all. I had struggled with it for years. And now I was in a transition in my own life, and I really felt like women could benefit just from the honesty of my journey. I mean, my story includes surprising twists, surprising opportunities, some hardships. So I made myself vulnerable and shared about my self-doubt and imposter syndrome, my tendency to undervalue my gifts, my fear over negotiating salary, my fear over saying yes to new opportunities, just kind of bared my soul for these women. And the truth of the story is that my career, on the outside, it might seem, you know, like a pretty straight line. It definitely has not been a clean straight line. It's definitely been a windy road. So after my speech, women were coming up to me saying, I really needed to hear that. Some of them were tearful. I got a few hugs. And honestly, I was overwhelmed and so fulfilled. And I knew I wanted to speak more. But at the time, I had no idea how I was going to use my voice. 
But a couple months later, on December 26th, which I have to say is usually my best holiday day because it's quiet, the decorations are still up, and I finally have some alone time. So I was sitting thinking about my coaching business and what I wanted it to look like. And I had a few women reach out to me after the speech asking if I had recorded it or would I record it. And of course, I hadn't. So during that quiet time, I started to wonder if I should put that speech out there more broadly. And at the time, I'd been listening to a lot of podcasts, so podcasting was on my mind. So I decided to see if there was an app for podcasting, which of course there was an app for podcasting because there's an app for everything right now. So I literally started recording that very night from my couch. It was really fun and exciting, but I, of course, was a little nervous about putting it out into the world. So I had my teenage daughter listen to it first, and she gave me a thumbs up, which for those of you that have teenagers, you know a thumbs up from your teen can be hard to come by sometimes. And then I sent it out to a few close friends, and they all came back and said, yes, you should put this out there. So I did. So I put my first podcast out into the world on January 1st, 2019, and ventured into the world of social media, which was fairly uncomfortable for me. And since then, I've published 16 episodes, have over 6,000 downloads, launched a website, and have met some really amazing people. I've gotten to do some really amazing coaching work and started a new job. It's by far the most fun I have ever had in my career. So fast forward to 2020 and the second season of Imperfection Wins, and here we are going live on the radio. And again, I ended up here totally organically. I happened to be a guest on the 425 show a couple of months ago and had such a fun time recording, and it actually felt so good to be in a real recording studio. So it got me thinking about my podcast and what I was going to do to widen my reach. And one thing led to another, and here I am. I have to admit, I'm a little nervous. This launches a whole new phase for me, and I know I can't do it by myself. So over the next few months, you're going to hear me do a couple of things that I'm not historically good at. Asking for help and asking for sponsors. Dun, dun, dun. So to this point, I have self-funded my podcast, and taking this leap means that my expenses have, have, of course, grown with recording costs and marketing. So this year, I am actively looking for sponsors. And my commitment to you is that they're, they're going to be products and services that make life easier or healthier in some way. My goal is to not get too commercial-heavy, And I'll still be putting the shows out in podcast form, so you'll be able to really listen anytime. And I'm also finally launching my speaking career and finishing school, all while trying to do great work in my role as VP of People at an exciting biotech startup. Yes, it's a lot. Somehow, it seems to be moving together pretty nicely. So 2020 is the beginning of another exciting year, a new adventure, and once again, I'm finding myself in a place of ambiguity, not knowing where all of this will lead, but I believe it will lead somewhere amazing that I just can't yet see. 
So let's talk about why this show is called Imperfection Wins. And again, it happened organically. I mean, perfection is something that I have struggled with in my own life, but I've also spent a great deal of time coaching others on it. Coaching on perfection and just the pitfalls of that quest has also led me to do a lot of coaching on grace for others and ourselves. And the truth is, there's so much pressure these days on doing it all well. I mean, we're inundated with images in the media, in social media, that give us this idea that we should be able to excel in all areas, all at once, and that in order to find success, it needs to look a certain way. Their message is about what our careers should look like, what motherhood should look like, what our self-care routines and bodies should look like, and even what our vacations should look like. As someone who seems to have a pretty successful life by the world standards, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of other people defining what things should look like in my life. And all the should can leave us feeling exhausted and kind of discouraged. So when I started my podcast, I just felt compelled to share the imperfections in my own life and on my own journey and finally say a resounding no to the pressure from the outside and the pressure that I put on myself from the inside. I just was determined at the time to overcome the whole quest for perfection thing and give everyone around me permission to just be themselves and show up imperfectly. You know, the Urban Dictionary defines an imperfectly perfect person as a person who has their own specific qualities, such as being clumsy, nerdy, goofy, weird, etc. And those qualities make that person interesting and perfect in their own way. There's beauty in things that are odd and imperfect, and being flawed is not a bad thing. End quote. I would add being flawed is not a bad thing. It's actually a human thing. So the name I came up with is Imperfection Wins because honestly, if we could all be okay with our imperfections and others' imperfections, we would just be winning more. So once I had my title, I put some time into defining what I wanted others to get from my show. I wanted to be meaningful, inspiring, and encouraging. I wanted my listeners to know that I'm authentic and that I actually care really deeply about people, which that can be sort of hard to tell when you're just hearing someone talk and not seeing their face. But I promise you, it's so true for me. In my core, I care about others. In fact, I've made a career out of elevating others to be their best selves. And I honestly get sheer joy out of seeing people get unstuck. So here's the commitment I made when I started Imperfection Wins, and it's still true today in this new format. You can expect authenticity and vulnerability. I'll share my stories, reflections, and truths from my own life with you. And we'll talk about life, careers, leadership, and loving others. I'll bring you guests that are talking about things I need to practice in my own life. And I believe you all may need too. My goal is to add energy to you, to encourage you. Now, our next topic is one very dear to me, and I want to share a really important part of my journey over the last year with all of you. But first, 
let's take a short break. You're listening to me, Sam Willing, on the Imperfection Wins Show at KKNW 1150. Hey, everybody. I wanted to take a moment and tell you about the resources on my newly launched website, samwilling.com. If you are looking for some tools to help you identify your unique value, say no to fear, simplify your to-do list, or practice gratitude, go on over to samwilling.com and click on the Growth Toolkit tab. There, you'll find free, downloadable tools that are beautifully crafted and helpful. If you're interested in listening to some of the earlier Imperfection Wins podcasts, you can find all episodes under the podcast tab. Don't forget to sign up for my newsletter or send me a message while you're there. I'd love to hear from you. Don't forget, that's samwilling.com. That's samwilling.com. Happy listening. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I'm so glad you're here. So this next segment is very dear to me. It is a story about how a small action can have a huge impact on others and how just intentionally offering someone kindness and care can have a ripple effect, and I hope it encourages you. I call it the heart story. So some of you know that I give out these small wooden hearts. I started giving these small, handmade, imperfect hearts out as a reminder to my Imperfection Wins podcast listeners and anyone else who needed a little lift that things don't need to be perfect to have meaning. And the hearts are handmade by a friend of mine, Gary. And Gary is a very special human being that has just had a rough go. He had a career-ending injury that led him to being on permanent disability several years ago. He's had financial struggles, a total void of family, and just a lot of difficulties in his life that I can only imagine. And about a year ago, Gary started making these small hearts, wooden hearts, out of scrap wood. And my dad, who is one of Gary's friends and a fellow woods craftsman, And the person in my life that taught me how to love people different than me and love deeply brought me one of Gary's hearts. I had just started recording my Imperfection Wins podcast. In fact, I had only released one show at the time. And when he handed me the heart, my dad said to me, Gary apologizes that the hearts are kind of rough. They're not that great yet, but he'll get better. And as I held that heart in my hand, it came to me. They were beautiful because they were imperfect. The uneven edges and imperfect lines in the heart was exactly why the hearts were perfect. So I actually asked if I could order some hearts from Gary to give to listeners as a tangible reminder to our human hearts that things just don't need to be perfect to be meaningful. And Gary was completely overwhelmed, in fact, pretty tearful about the fact that someone had actually valued what he had created and that they loved the imperfections. And he actually said, truthfully, it's what he loved about them. 
he just wasn't sure anyone else would also value that. So we started our journey. I ordered 10 at a time and paid him for each one. And he asked initially for $2 a heart, and I decided to pay him $3 a heart. And yes, I know it's not the best business model because I was also paying to ship them to listeners and paying for some really cute marketing materials. The hearts have now become my logo. But, you know, sometimes life just isn't about economics. I felt totally peaceful about the plan, and I had no idea what the hearts would come to represent in my life and also in Gary's life. Since then, we've given out over 400 hearts. I had a church in New Orleans ask me for 50 so their members could hold them while they pray. I've had countless people tell me that they leave their hearts in their cup holders so they can see them while they're driving or on their bathroom counters so they start and end the day with intention. I've heard from cancer patients that hold their hearts during treatment and families struggling with health issues and even parents that have given hearts to their struggling kids. I even had one store clerk see me across a store and run over to me to pull out her heart of her shirt and tell me she keeps her heart with her every single day. So to date, we have given out, as I said, over 400 hearts, and the orders keep coming. Gary also gives them out, and we both agree we never leave home without them. And now people have started actually donating to the hearts. And I finally recently added a section on my website so that people can order them. So it's just been an amazing journey. And to me, the hearts represent love and grace and imperfection and meaning. But I'm learning that they actually represent something different to every single person I give one to. And I want to talk briefly about the process that Gary goes through to make the hearts because the process actually represents so much more than what's on the surface. It starts with blocks of wood, scraps, scraps that most people would just walk past or throw away, unwanted, not beautiful scraps. But he sees beauty in them and he collects them to create something beautiful from them. So he starts to whittle the wood down and then hand draws the hearts on the wood, each one different, and then he cuts the hearts into these rough hearts with a saw. And then he begins the refining process. He sands, and as he sands, this beautiful depth is revealed in every single heart, cracks and lines, circles and imperfections. It's pretty emotional work, I think, for him and me as I think about it. I mean, the work he puts into every single heart is sort of like the revealing and unveiling of this beautiful masterpiece. And I actually think it's representative of what I believe every human being has inside of them if they were actually given an extraordinary amount of love and intention. If people didn't just give up on them or view them as scraps— And instead, they just gently and slowly kept sanding our rough edges down with love and care. It would be transformational. It's funny because to most people, the friendship between Gary and I is highly unlikely. I mean, we are different in every way. But to us, we've been brought together to spread love, kindness, and healing to a world that desperately needs it. 
And in the process, we're also experiencing healing and heart expansions ourselves. I mean, the hearts have enabled Gary to take some step towards healing in his own life. He was, he was able to buy some much-needed necessities like a toilet and glasses. He just had neck surgery, which he has needed for several years but put off because he was too afraid. And he set a goal to move his life forward financially in 2020 and maybe even open his own LLC. For the first time in many, many years, he feels hope. He sees his value and purpose. And for me, the hearts have taught me that this world needs compassion and kindness more than ever. That I need to use my voice and resources to give that to the world. And that although the suffering in the world sometimes can get overwhelming and seem too great, that even just a small act of kindness and compassion can have a ripple effect we just might not expect. The hearts are for sure the most fun, unexpected blessing on my journey so far, and Gary and I are really excited about 2020 and where it's all going to lead. And I want to tell you how you can get involved with the heart journey. But first, let's take a quick break. You're listening to me, Sam Willing, on The Imperfection Wins Show at KKNW 1150. Hey, everybody. It's me, Sam. Many of you know that one of my greatest joys in life is handing out small, perfectly imperfect wooden hearts. That's right. I said perfectly imperfect. These are the words that came to mind when I held one of these handmade hearts in my hand for the first time. These beautifully crafted, imperfect hearts are made by my friend Gary. Fate brought us together, and ordering hearts from him and giving them to anyone who needs one has been a joyful part of my journey. The hearts serve as a physical reminder that things don't need to be perfect to be meaningful. Check out my website, samwilling.com forward slash imperfect hearts for the whole heart story to place an order or make a donation. 100% of the proceeds go towards the mission. Don't forget, that's samwilling.com. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing. And I know I have shared a lot with you so far today, so thanks for hanging with me. And again, if you want to know more about my journey over the last year, please go listen to the first season of the Imperfection Wins podcast. You'll hear more about my career journey, imposter syndrome, embracing opportunity, and saying no to fear. And you can find it on my website, samwilling.com, or actually wherever you get your podcasts by just searching Imperfection Wins. So... Let's talk about 2020 and what you can expect from this show. I'm sure you all feel just a tad bit of pressure around this new year because it's not just a new year, but a new decade. And today is mid-January, so some of you are deep in the throes of your New Year's resolutions, and some of you maybe already have given up on them. Or maybe you're someone who just refuses to set resolutions. That last category would be me. 
Don't get me wrong. I love a fresh start. I love goal setting and dreaming about the future. But last year, I changed my approach to the whole New Year's resolution thing. And I felt like I was so much more successful and way less hard on myself than I had been in years. See, I used to be a big resolution setter, and I would make these lofty resolutions in all of these different areas of my life and eventually fall off the wagon and then end up feeling really bad, like I had failed in some way. And it just seemed really like a vicious cycle. So actually, in the spirit of vulnerability, I'm going to share a little personal something with all of you. My 2018 resolutions. Okay, here we go. No judging. Daily meditation and journaling. Go to yoga twice a week. Limit sugar and alcohol. Walk the dogs four times per week. Take vitamins daily. Begin creating my consulting business. Spend time volunteering with Rainier Athletes and Jubilee Reach every week. Brush up on my Spanish. Go back to school. Oh my gosh. Actually, when I read it out loud, it seems like so much. I mean, I was working a full-time job in 2018 also. (laughs) What was I thinking? Now, there's no denying that's a lot of really good, awesome things to do on that list. And the goal is, of course, to start doing those things consistently and eventually create healthy habits. But in 2018, if I'm being really honest with you, I barely did any of those things. So following my own advice and being okay with being imperfect, I switched it up. I started instead setting intentions. So intentions instead of resolutions. And I thought about starting small and building a small intentional habit. And from what I've read, based on the research, once you start being intentional in one area, other areas tend to follow. So instead of setting a long list of goals for 2019, I pared it down. I chose three words and one new habit. My words were eat, sleep, move. I decided to focus on eating well, sleeping well, and moving often. And my one new habit was drinking a glass of water before I have my coffee every day. And I am proud to report that I have stuck with the water and I actually do believe it's making a difference in how I feel every morning. Now, a glass of water in the morning, I know, is a far cry from the lengthy list of goals I read, but it actually taught me I can stick with something. I can actually do something consistently that makes me feel better, and it kicked off a morning routine for me that has ended up being really life-giving and positive. So I'm doing the same thing this year. But this year, my words are different. So this year, my words are boundaries and self-care. Setting boundaries in my life with work, 
what I give my energy to, including some of the relationships in my life. And self-care is something that I have a tendency to put on the back burner the busier I get. I know I need to prioritize it. I feel so much better when I'm practicing it. And truthfully, I'm confident I cannot do all the things I'm trying to do without it. So with all of that in mind, I thought it would be really fun to start the year with some shows on self-care, mindfulness, and intention. And I want to dig into mindfulness and intention just a little bit with all of you. But first, let's take a short break. Again, you're listening to Sam Willing on KKNW 1150. This show is sponsored by Urban Restoration, the Eastside's premier builder for remodeling, new construction, and so much more. With over 20 years of experience, the team at Urban Restoration has built a foundation of integrity, trust, superior craftsmanship, and personal accountability to clients. Whether you're building a new home, doing a total home remodel, or even a small project, the experienced team at Urban Restoration will walk you through the process and leave you with the results you desire. Client satisfaction and relationships rule at Urban Restoration. If you are located on the greater east side and looking for a contractor you can trust, visit the Urban Restoration website at ur-build.com. That's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for contact information and to check out pictures of their amazing craftsmanship. Again, that's the letter U, the letter R-build.com for Urban Restoration. Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I want to talk a little bit about intention and mindfulness. And these are a couple of concepts that um, I have, I've really been digging into the last couple of years, and I feel like they have really made a difference for me. And now, first of all, I want to say I totally know that they have become buzzwords. They're like really trendy words, intention and mindfulness. Um, But I actually believe that both of them have a ton of value. And so I have taken yoga off and on for years. I always aspire to like be really um, committed to it. I love it so much. But um, anyway, one of the things I'm trying to be more intentional about in 2020 But when I started taking yoga a few years ago, it was the first time I really heard about the concept of setting an intention in those classes. And I'm sure any of you that do yoga are familiar. You know, typically at the beginning of the class, the instructor will say, you know, let's set an intention for your class. And I always loved starting out a class that way. I loved the peacefulness of it. Um, It felt really good to take a minute and just be mindful and centered on one word or thing or person that I wanted more of or something I wanted to give positive energy to. But I have to be totally honest, most of the time when I would take a class and set an intention and then complete the class, the intention did not always follow me out into the world. I found that I sort of compartmentalized my yoga experience. 
But during the time of transition and soul searching, which I talked a little bit about earlier, I started studying intention and mindfulness more and just found a lot of value in putting some of the tools that I sort of gathered into practice. And so I thought today I would just introduce the two topics. I'm sure they're not new to many of you, but also share some of the ways that I have found work really well and are pretty simple in terms of being more mindful or setting intention. And again, I want to say I'm not sharing these things because I'm an expert, but I want to share them because they've really helped me feel more centered, more calm, and actually just helped me release some of the feelings that probably weren't very healthy for me to be carrying around. So I recently listened to a podcast, which I love, 10% Happier, on goal setting and intentions. And the host who ha- is sort of um, has sort of thrown himself into learning about meditation and mindfulness and intention, he repeated a lesson that he had picked up from a Zen teacher that he had on as a guest. And the lesson was, the focus of your attention determines the quality of your life. So basically, the way I think of it is, we all get to choose every day how we show up in the world. We get to choose what we bring energy to. We get to choose what we pay attention to. And setting an intention is really about clarity. It's about who you want to be that day or how you want to show up in the world that day. It's not necessarily about what you're going to do. It's more about how you're going to do it. You know, during my whole kicking my New Year's resolutions to the curb project that I spoke about earlier, I read some interesting things about intentions versus traditional goal setting that sort of opened my eyes. So one of the reasons that I'm really loving intentions is that intentions are not shame-based. They aren't rooted in the idea of perfection. So they leave a lot of room for you to feel like you've actually accomplished something. Intentions actually keep you more present and are less focused on maybe the outcome or end result or what you don't have. They're really, I think, a more compassionate way to set goals. I kind of view goals as external achievements, which are really important, right? If you want to, you know, accomplish some things in business or school or other areas of your life. But intentions, I think, are more about your relationship with yourself and others, how you talk to yourself, what you think about, the energy that you put out to other people and that you put into yourself. So I was trying to think of a simple example of this. And one of the things I was thinking that was on that, you know, long 2018 resolutions list I read you is, you know, if I set a goal to do yoga twice a week and then it doesn't happen for various reasons, right? I mean, life is somewhat unpredictable. Not doing the yoga is then something that I feel guilty about. I might beat myself up about it or be really hard on myself more sort of shame-based. But if I set an intention of practicing yoga and other grounding activities more, I take the pressure out of the yoga. I take the pressure out of the twice-a-week thing, and I can still enjoy doing yoga, 
But I also can enjoy choosing to go for a walk with a friend because the sun happens to be shining in Seattle and that hardly ever happens. And so I'm going to seize the moment. I get to decide that that activity on that day is valuable and worth my energy without feeling the guilt over not making it to yoga twice that week. Now, I do realize that for some of you, it may seem like I'm letting myself off a little too easy, but I actually found this short metaphor that I want to read all of you that I think might help bring my point home. So say you live in the United States near a national forest, which has wonderful day hikes that allow spectacular views. Your goal may be to hike to the top of a small mountain with the wish to see the extraordinary view from the summit. It's a worthy goal that gets you excited and motivates you to schedule a hike. Before you begin the hike, you set your intention to be present to the sights and smells along the trail. Noticing the beauty of the plants and unexpected vistas that arise with each twist of the trail. Even if the forest fog unexpectedly rolls in and prevents you from hiking to the other summit or to see the far-off view, your intention to enjoy one another and nature's beauty can still be fulfilled. If you are just focused on the goal of reaching the summit and the fog then prevents that, you might return home feeling victimized by not reaching your goal. But because you set the intention to be fully present to the experience, you can return home satisfied that you fulfilled your intention. And I just want to say, I actually recently had this happen. We About a week ago, we went as a family to Bend, Oregon, and we're big skiers as a family. And we go to Bend specifically with the intention and desire to ski. It's something we love to do as a family. The snow is typically great. And we'd rented a condo there and couldn't wait for the family time. And normally, I would be very focused on the skiing part. Like, we're going to ski. We're going to ski three out of four days. And my entire family actually would be very focused on the skiing part. And, you know, it's been such a big year for us as a family. We had some sickness around the holidays. Everybody was sort of tired. And so it wasn't necessarily something I consciously did, but I did go to Bend with the intention of actually resting and relaxing and enjoying each other as a family. And the skiing was something fun that was in my mind, but it wasn't something I was, I would say, overly fixated on. So we got to Bend, and it turned out the snow was terrible. There actually wasn't really very much snow at all. It was like a 27-inch base. And on top of that, my husband wasn't feeling great. And so we were there for five days. It was fabulous. And I not one time was frustrated about the fact that we weren't having these amazing ski experiences. We went in the hot tub a lot. We went for long walks in the woods. It was beautiful. We enjoyed each other's company. We did ski one day as a family. And yes, the snow was terrible, but it was so fun just to be together. And so it's funny because at the time, I didn't necessarily put the dots together that 
just setting the intention around the trip being about rest and relaxation and enjoying each other um, was better and more fulfilling than being really fixated on these amazing skiing, you know, experiences we were going to have. But once I actually read this metaphor that I just read you, it was like, oh, yeah, I actually can see how that really works because I sort of didn't go with any expectation of having amazing ski experiences. I went with the intention of resting and relaxing and being in nature and enjoying my family. And that's exactly what happened. So I didn't feel any any disappointment when there wasn't great snow. I felt great and rested and excited that we were able to ski one day together as a family. Anyway, it works. Try it. So, but how do you try it, right? It can be a little bit, um, it's like a practice. It's something you have to really intentionally do. So I was going to run through just some of the ways that I have tried to be more diligent about setting intentions. Um, and I know that the whole idea, again, like I said, these have become buzzwords and, and very trendy. And so it might seem sort of overwhelming or maybe guruish, but I actually find that it's pretty simple. So like I said, it takes practice, but it's definitely something you can get better at the more you do it. And then you'll find yourself sort of unconsciously doing it, which is the best thing. Um, but the first thing I want to say to you all is don't turn setting intentions into a goal. Then you'll sort of ruin it. It sort of ruins the point. So don't create rules around setting intentions. Do what works for you. The whole point is to be gentle with yourself and raise your own emotional energy. And then I think you're going to find your physical energy raises. And then it turns into better results, right? And with less angst, you're being less hard on yourself. I mean, it sounds pretty good, right? So I'm going to run through just a few easy ways that I've tried setting intentions. So here we go. Journaling every morning while listening to Jason Stevenson's serotonin mood uplifter music. I know it might sound cheesy. You can skip the music if you want, but I swear it works. It totally helps me focus. Or choose a morning or whatever time of day works for you every month to set your intentions. And ask yourself questions like, where do you want to focus your energy? What did you learn last month? What do you hope to celebrate at the end of this month? You can also spend time thinking about and shaping what your ideal present looks like. Like, what would your ideal mornings look like? What would your weekends look like? What does your ideal self-care routine look like? And I encourage you to write everything down so you can go back to it. And another thing is really getting to know yourself, taking the time to just remind yourself what you're really good at. I mean, we all have gifts, right? So make sure you write those things down and then revisit them, especially if you start feeling like you're getting off track or you're starting to feel inadequate or fearful or being hard on yourself. And also spend time dreaming about the future. Where are you in the future? What are you doing? What's the impact you're making? Who is around you and how do you feel? You know, I find that sometimes it helps me if I set an intention before I go to sleep at night or 
you could maybe try putting a reminder on your phone if you're like me and that's the first thing you grab when your eyes open, which I know I'm not actually supposed to do that. I know that's not actually a healthy habit. It's something I'm actually going to try to break this year. But it has worked for me to set a reminder on my phone, sort of like this 5.30 a.m. wake-up call. I get up. I have my glass of water. I get my coffee. I sit down with my journal. Um, it's a really nice way to start the morning and at, at a time where things are fairly quiet in my life. But, you know, setting an intention can really be as simple as just choosing a word that might describe what you want more of that particular day, like love joy, peace, or calm. It can be really fast. Like sometimes I will lay in bed, especially if I'm entering into a really busy day, and I'll just think to myself something like, I want everyone I come into contact with today to feel love and encouragement from me. Or I want to radiate positivity today. Or I want to release any fear that I'm holding on to today. I mean, really, whatever you find works best for you is best. I mean, and by the way, actually, if you, I'm working so hard at this. So if you have tried something on the list I just went through, or if you have something that I didn't mention that you think would be helpful for everyone, we're going to talk about intentions and mindfulness often on the show. And I would love to hear from you. So you can message me on my website, samwilling.com or on Instagram at imperfection.wins, and just let me know. I'm always looking for new trips, tips and tricks. Okay, the last thing I want to share with you about intention is this. Whatever you focus on expands. So think about what you want to focus on. Set some intentions around it and go for it. But please be gentle on yourself. I'm working really hard on that, and I think it's really something we all should be doing. There really shouldn't be any shame in making effort to get better. I mean, the point is to continuously try and improve, not hit it out of the park on the first try. So like everything else we're going to talk about on the show, it's a journey. And embracing imperfection is key. Okay. I hope this segment was helpful to you, and we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I'm going to reveal my first two guests, which I'm so excited about. So once again, you are listening to Sam Willing on the Imperfection Wins Show on KKNW 1150. Hey, everyone. It's me, Sam. I'm so excited to announce my speaking focus for 2020. After stepping back and really thinking about what all of my work is leading me towards, I've realized that there is an overarching theme of compassion. This year, I'll be speaking to corporations, schools, churches, women's groups, and more on the subject of compassionate leadership. The world needs compassion now more than ever, and it's time we slow down and start valuing relationships and people over economics and business and in life. If you or your organization are looking for some inspiration and are ready to hit the refresh button on your leadership legacy, improve your business and your life, contact me at samwilling.com to explore working together and how taking intentional action in small ways can lead to big changes for businesses and most importantly for people. Don't forget that samwilling.com. 
Welcome back to the Imperfection Wins Show. I'm your host, Sam Willing, and I'm so glad you're here. So each week, we're going to start the show with a short, what I'm calling heart-to-heart segment, where I'll share any updates or things on my heart, and then we'll have a deep discussion with a subject matter expert on various topics. It might be an expert on nutrition, meditation, movement, leadership, compassion, kindness, or career. One thing I have learned in my last year of podcasting is that I tend to dive deep into the subjects that I feel like I need more of in my own life. It seems to be really therapeutic for me. But the good news is that they tend to be topics that are also important and interesting for most people. I'm so excited about my first guest. So my first guest is actually an expert in self-care, Dr. Deanna Mutzel. Dr. Deanna is an amazing chiropractor, nutrition expert, and lifestyle coach. And she's going to help us all think about our habits and just some simple things we can do to get the year started off on the right foot. And then following Dr. Deanna, we'll talk with Leah Kaepernick, the founder of Meditate, Move, and Make, where we're going to dig into mindfulness and movement and being intentional. Now, I'm going to try really hard to keep the conversations relevant and simple so that you walk away feeling encouraged and excited to take action and not overwhelmed. And I always end my shows with a quote. So here is this week's quote to ponder. It's the small habits, how you spend your mornings, how you talk to yourself, what you read, what you watch who you share your energy with, who has access to you that will change your life. Now, that was said by Michael Tong, and I just love it. So think about it. How are you going to spend your energy this year? What are you going to consume? What are you going to say no to? I hope you'll say yes to spending your Monday mornings with me and that I can actually add a little light to the start of each week for you. And that is a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you are interested in getting more familiar with me, my mission, and my content, you can find my first season of Imperfection Wins on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts or on my website, samwilling.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at imperfection.wins. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Join me next week when we'll talk about self-care with Dr. Deanna Metzl. I can't wait for the conversation. And until then, be kind, have courage, and give yourself and others grace. 